This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our adventures in Acts with Forgiveness is Proclaimed to You, Turning to the Gentiles, Signs and Wonders, We Are Men, and Through Many Tribulations. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. What do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. You can go back to your regular life or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. Closer I am I'm coming with you. Okay. Wow, this is the real world. (laughs) What's going on? Why are these men looking at me? Yeah, they're also staring at me. Barbie in the real world. That's impossible. If this got out, this could mean extremely weird things for our world. This would be catastrophic! We haven't played with Barbie since we were like five years old. No one rests until this doll is back in a box. Scenes from the movie Barbie. Why is this movie somewhat controversial? Its topic doesn't seem controversial at all at first glance. A doll goes to the real world. Is it satire? Is it comedy? And if it is satire, what is it satirizing? Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us to review the movies Barbie and a little bit later Oppenheimer, Pastor Ted Geese. He has a bachelor's degree in fine arts. He's pastor of Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. And he teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled A Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. Ted, welcome back. Thanks, Todd. You wouldn't think that a movie based upon a 1970s doll would divide the critics, but Barbie is dividing the critics. Why is that? Well, I mean, the doll goes back further than that, but it's, I, I think that the, there's a couple of different reasons. Right now, I think people are relatively thin-skinned. We've gone through a real rough patch of polarization on all sorts of different fronts, and everybody is kind of on edge when it comes to woke related whatever and i think that the other big gigantic part of this and this is why it's kind of all over the place is that this is satire i think it actually honestly really is satire and if a person can't take a joke then this is gonna not going to go well. I mean, like the, the thing with satire is, is that it doesn't work well with people who can't take a joke. And at the same time, satire, you can't dismiss it simply as a joke because basically it's an entree into stopping to think about a topic. So I think this is what's going on with this. And there, there was an interview with Greta Gerwig, the director, and who also wrote it with uh, Noah Baumbach, her they're a common law couple, in which she said that Margot Robbie, who plays Barbie, came to her and she had her and the, the company had rights to make the film about Barbie. They sorted that out with Mattel. They came to her to make the movie because 
of some of Greta Gerwig's previous projects, like uh, she did a version of Little Women, and she also made this film called Lady Bird. So Margot Robbie came with to her, said, I'm going to play Barbie. I want you to write and direct this film. And she basically said that she would do it, but it would be the Barbie movie she wanted to make, essentially. So it's not like Mattel top-down said, we've got this script, we're hiring you to make this movie. It's more like, we're coming to you, you're going to work on this with your writing partner, and you're going to make the movie, if that makes some kind of sense. So it's, it's, it's not exactly a corporate project, but it is dealing with a intellectual property that people are super duper familiar with. And because it's been around for so long, people have personal connection to primarily women, I suppose, but men understand Ken and Barbie and all the rest of that stuff too, because if they had sisters and other people in the family, or, you know, they just were living and breathing in the last X number of decades, they have some idea about it. So everybody has an opinion and everybody's buttons are getting pushed in different ways in this film. And I think that's why it's so divisive in terms of just the variety of takes that people find when they come across a film like this. Podcast phenomenon Mark Marin actually took to TikTok after he saw the film and he said it was a masterpiece. And now I understand the context because he said it was, it kind of skewered everyone in a humorous and genuinely funny way. So what's being satired? What's being sent up by Barbie? Well, I think that the thing that's being satirized is toxic expectations within North American society and culture placed upon women and men, but mostly women. That's the thing that's being sent up. So because it's satire, they're going to come at it kind of from the side. And Barbie as a product is how they're coming at it from the side. But this basically has things to say about social media and generally what people are kind of expected to be like, I guess, in the modern context. Dear listener, there's going to be some spoilers along the way because there has to be. Now, the thing is, is that in order to talk about it, there, like some of you may have already seen this. Some of you may be going, I'm never going to see this. However, that that is for you. There's a pivotal moment where there's this character, Gloria, who is a real world mother who is in this film. And she has kind of like a a speech that she gives. And this is the speech that's necessary to kind of like catalyze everything. And this is kind of also a sort of where the cards get laid on the table. So we'll just jump into this right now, maybe because it, it's, I think it shows the nature of this satire and what's lying underneath it, because this kind of satire has something underneath it. So this character says it is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart. It kills me that you don't think that you're good enough. She's speaking to Barbie. Like we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. You can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but also you have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk 
about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane, but if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood. But always stand out and always be grateful, but never forget the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory and nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all of that is also true for a doll, just representing women, then I don't even know. So she says all of that. And a lot of this stuff could be not just for women. It could just be for everybody because you could have the same sort of a rant, the same sort of a, you know, even using the word rant, you know, the same sort of a speech that could cover over a bunch of the same sorts of things, but from a man's perspective. And that gets peppered through the film with the character of Ken as well, in a kind of a way as well. So all of this stuff is at play in the film. You know, at one point, there's a daughter of the real world mother, and she says, men hate women and women hate women. It's the one thing we can all agree on, right? Like, and that's a satirical comment but it's all all in there in the film as well and then there's the character of ruth handler who is the lady who made barbie as it were and she's in it played by rhea perlman who's carla from cheers and she says humans have only one ending ideas live forever so these are the kinds of things that are going on it's pointing at the ideas that are underpinning the conversation about culture and society at this time and it's, like you said, upsending all of it and poking at all of it. But I think that it's kind of from the perspective of somebody who's exhausted by all of it. Pastor Ted Geese is our guest. We're reviewing the movie Barbie. He has a bachelor's degree in fine arts. On the other side, we'll get to the basic plot of this film. Stay tuned. Everybody in the neighborhood is dressing up to be there too. We always do Saturday night and the moon is Who cares what picture you see How do the global flood, circumcision, and the Israelites wandering in the wilderness foreshadow the baptismal flood in Christ? Find out in the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August, The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. This new Bible study is published by Concordia Publishing House, their phone number 1-800-325-3040, or find out more about the Baptismal River at issuesetc.org. The Baptismal River, studying the sacrament throughout Scripture. 
Psalm 144.1 Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Those serving in the armed forces want LCMS chaplains. We need courageous pastors to bring the gospel and sacraments to those protecting our nation, along with wise counsel and the peace found only in Christ Jesus. If you are between the age of 26 and 43 and have a heart for ministry in the armed forces, call 314-996-1337 or email lcmschaps at lcms.org. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Are you tired of those who change their Christian confession because they are ashamed of what they are called to believe in today's world? Scripture is clear on issues which many would like to claim are cultural but have no place in God's church. We at St. John Lutheran, Clintonville, Wisconsin, are not embarrassed to boldly confess that Scripture is God's revelation of His Christ our Savior, the only peace, comfort, and hope in our fallen world. It is why we gather each week to receive Him who comes to us in word and sacrament. For church information, visit the Find a Church page at issuesetc.org. Truth, Beauty, Goodness. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Christ Lutheran, Jackson, Mississippi. Faith Lutheran, Waterloo, Iowa. Hope Lutheran, Melbourne, Florida. Lutheran Church of Our Savior, Cupertino, California. Our Redeemer Lutheran, Emmett, Idaho, Redeemer Lutheran, Chico, California, St. John Lutheran, Algoma, Wisconsin, St. Paul Lutheran, Donovan, Nebraska, Trinity Lutheran, Casper, Wyoming, and Zion Lutheran, Detroit, Michigan. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support, Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. The Spirit is part of Christian life in every moment of every day. The Spirit is active in God's Word, so wherever God's Word is read or proclaimed, the Spirit is there. However, the Spirit is active in a more personal way when it comes to baptism. As Jesus explains in John chapter 3, those who are baptized are born again of water and the Spirit. The Spirit is within you, bringing you new life. That's from the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August, The Baptismal River, studying the sacrament throughout Scripture. Find out more about this book at our website, issuesetc.org, or call Concordia Publishing House and order The Baptismal River. 1-800-325-3040, 1-800-325-3040, The Issues Etc., Book of the Month for August. We're reviewing the movie Barbie. Pastor Ted Geese is our guest. Ted, what's the basic plot of this film? So the basic plot is Barbie, played by Margot Robbie, is suffering an existential crisis. She has this crisis that leads her to question the world that she lives in and her existence. She has this sudden unexpected change to her body. She notices cellulite. She has thoughts of death 
And as a result, she has to, and she's referred to as stereotypical Barbie, like Barbie land where she lives is full of all of the different kinds of Barbies that they've made over the years. Like there's just every single different kind of variety of Barbie that you can possibly imagine. They're all kind of represented there. Even in the last number of years, I think they had like a transgender Barbie or whatever, like all of it's there, but she's stereotypical Barbie. And she kind of goes from her feminist utopia slash dystopia, I would say Barbie land to the quote unquote patriarchal utopia slash dystopia of the real world. And she brings with her her superfluous accessory, the stereotypical Ken, who's played by Ryan Gosling. And while there, she's kind of dealing with the real world. He gets introduced to the idea of kind of a character idea of patriarchy as he understands it. He slips back, becomes the villain, takes Barbie land and turns it into his kingdom. And as a result, then Barbie needs to go back to Barbie land and try to sort this out. And she brings with her a real world mother and daughter who have a personal connection with her specifically between these two worlds. That There's this kind of connection between what goes on in the quote unquote real world and what goes on in Barbie land. And if a Barbie doll gets played too rough with in the real world, then that has an impact on the doll in the Barbie land. So they have like weird Barbie and that's played by Kate McKinnon, who is a Barbie that got played with too roughly. And there's this connection between these two worlds so much so that the company Mattel who makes Barbie dolls knows about all of this. And when they discover that there are a Barbie doll and a Ken doll that have gotten into the real world, they want to stop this. And as a result, they end up going back. This is kind of the B plot end up going back into that world, the Barbie world. And Will Ferrell is the CEO of Mattel. So Mattel is a character in the, movie about the this is kind of like maybe like the lego movie and stuff like that like it's kind of bizarre how all of this comes together in some sort of ways but this is the thing so then the question is how does this all end and essentially spoilers skip forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this it ends with barbie deciding that because she's been to the real world and she's experienced feelings and things like this she doesn't really have a place in Barbie land anymore. Once all of that sorted out, it kind of all just goes back to the way it was pretty much when that all gets settled. She then decides that she's going to go to the real world and be a real woman instead warts and all, even though the real world is quote unquote, a patriarchy, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the conclusion of the film. And there's a line right at the very end of the film that people may be familiar with. We can talk about that too, along the way. What do we know about the people who made this film? Well, this is an interesting couple. I mentioned that they're a common-law couple in this relationship. They've got three children of their own. This is Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. They're both writers, both directors. Greta Gerwig's also an actress. I, I, I don't know about Noah. But when they were being asked, because like, they've been together for many years, like eight, ten years or something like that, they were being asked by James Corden on The Late Show about what do they call each other? And she had this response where she said, well, you know, boyfriend makes it sound like I just met him last week. Lover is disgusting. Fiance makes it sound like there's like a wedding that's imminent or something like that. But she says for old people, she just calls him her husband. Noah says that he sometimes calls her his wife, but then Greta quickly points out, not officially, not in the eyes of God or the state. 
they're kind of in this kind of category where they've been working together for many years and have a you know working relationship, a romantic relationship, and children together, but they're not really married. That might seem like a non sequitur, but I think it has something to say about like what's all going on in this movie even. So Noah Baumbach, people would maybe know him as the writer who helped write for Wes Anderson. He, he wrote with him The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou from 2004, The Fantastic Mr. Fox adaptation in 2009. He's also the writer-director of the film The Squid and the Whale from 2005 with Laura Linney and Jeff Daniels. He, he did a movie called While We're Young in 2014 with Ben Stiller, Naomi Watts, and Adam Driver and Amanda Seyfried. And then he did Marriage Story, which we talked about from 2019 with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Some of these, the last ones are like heavy dramas and like they really dig into delicate, difficult relationship related stuff. And I'd mentioned that Greta Gerwig had done an adaptation of Little Women in 2019. And that was with Sorsha Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Laura Dern, Meryl Streep, Timothy Chalamet. And then she's also set to do two films for Netflix based on C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia, these books, which she says is terrifying, and she says that it has made her properly scared. So these are the two people making this film. We're reviewing the movie Barbie with Pastor Ted Geese. He teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. We'll get to the practical effects that so many of the critics are talking about next. It's commonly said that heresies are 90% truth and only 10% wrong, but it's the 10% that subverts all of Christian doctrine and all of Christian teaching by the essential errors that they promote. Well, if you're wondering about heresies, both ancient and modern, you should pick up a copy of the August issue of The Lutheran Witness, where we talk about these heresies, their ancient roots, and how to mark and avoid them. Visit cph.org witness to subscribe or learn more at our website, witness.lsms.org. Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial-A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial-A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Your comprehensive source for information, teaching, and truth. You're listening to Issues Etc. Are you a young, single, confessional Lutheran looking for a future spouse or friends who share your faithful confession of Christ? St. John Lutheran Church in Sycamore, Illinois, is hosting its second annual Singles Retreat on Saturday, August 5th. This retreat is for high school grads through age 30. Visit stjohnsycamore.org and select the Young Singles Retreat icon. That's stjohnsycamore.org. I am beautiful because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am accepted because I'm a part of His family through Jesus' shed blood. Unity Lutheran School in East St. Louis, Illinois, shines the light of Christ in one of the most impoverished cities in America. Learn how to support their mission work at unityesl.org. Unityesl.org. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I say yes to God in His ways. 
Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We are reviewing the movie Barbie. Pastor Ted Geese is our guest. He has a bachelor's degree in fine arts, and he's pastor of Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. Ted, my daughter went to see Barbie. She's not a big movie goer, but she did want to go see this one. And when she came back, I said, how was it? And she was, she didn't have much to say about the plot. She was more impressed with what a lot of critics are talking about, the practical effects, not a lot of CGI. What are your thoughts there? Well, yeah, I mean, like the style of all of it is it's hyper over the top. It's a really well-constructed, well-made, attention-to-detail kind of film. And it, it gets into like... This is the comedic kind of funny bits. They put together the Barbie land and like in Barbie land, there's no liquids in any of the drinks that they drink. There's no water coming out of the shower. And yet everybody kind of pantomimes as though all of that stuff is actually happening. Nobody walks out the front door of their Barbie dream home. They pop off the top of the building and just drop right into their Barbie dream mobile, etc. So even like they're at the beach, but there's no water at the beach. It's all just kind of like like a fake version of water so that, you know, if you go run to jump into the water to like go surfing or something, you're going to like just hit it like it's a hard object, right? Everything about it is artifice, you know, completely in this space. And it's this kind of bizarre world. And at one point, the question is, well, is this a real place or not? How does any of this work? And that's maybe a different kind of part of the conversation. But there, there's a, also a kind of an element with this film that it, it has a sense that it feels like, looks like a little bit, like if you remember John Favreau's film Elf, and like all of the stuff up at the North Pole and Santa's workshop and everything, that's kind of like Barbie Land versus when he gets to New York City and he's in the real world. Or, you know, like a movie like Enchanted with Amy Adams playing the Disney princess who ends up in real world New York. Like there's that kind of stuff going on in it. Also, it has a lot of kind of nods towards, because of the topic of being dolls, nods towards things like Toy Story, the Toy Story franchise, things like that. So there's a lot of peculiar, interesting things when it comes to all of that. But yeah, there's a tactileness to that Barbie world, Barbie land. And I'm sure there's probably some CGI of some kind that's being involved in a bunch of this stuff, green screens, et cetera, et cetera. But they don't overplay it. And it doesn't have the feel of like a Marvel or a DC superhero kind of film where they're using it. They're using it sparingly and uh, seamlessly. So it's a really well-constructed film. So let's come back to whether it is a woke film or not, given that it is, as you said from the very beginning, really kind of a sharp edged satire. Is it woke? Well, you know, like for people who are thinking about the idea of like woke stuff, like, so how do you judge if something is woke or not? If it checks off the boxes and has all the things in it, I, I mentioned that there's like a transgendered Barbie in it. Well, yeah, sure. It meets all of the diversity, equity, inclusion kind of stuff, right? Like I'm sure you could go through it and just check off all of those boxes. But do you remember when we talked about Don't Look Up? Yes. This, okay, so we talked about this Don't Look Up. It had Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Adam McKay made this film. And I, I suspect that it's actually a giant troll. Like, it is, like, incredible satire in that it's... I think that he probably sat down and Will Ferrell was a producer on that as well. And I think that Will Ferrell gets involved in interesting films. He was in this one, too. And I think the idea is is that 
we're going to make a movie that is super duper popular to a certain ideological in-group over here when it deals with the idea, like it's an allegory for global warming and there's this asteroid that's coming, it's going to hit the planet and we're all going to die and we have to do something about it. So regardless of whether they believe any of that themselves, I think that the whole thing was in some ways satirical poking at all of that. And this is sort of, I think, similar to that. It would check off all the boxes, but if you wanted to satirically dig into something, you would have to check off all the boxes. One of the most probably famous early satire things that people would come in contact with along the way might be Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal. It was written back in 1729. And the, the deal was is that the British Empire, particularly in England, had all sorts of like kids up the wazoo, like people were having babies like crazy. But at that exact time, they didn't have a lot of resources, particularly they didn't have a way of feeding everybody. So they were having a problem with that. And he satirically says, well, the solution to your problem is eat the babies, right? Now he didn't mean to do that for people to do that. He was pointing out the absurdity of some of the things that were going on in the world around him at that very time. And that's the kind of thing that goes on with some of these films, even now. So like Dr. Strangelove, How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb by Stanley Kubrick is very dark in tone, very distressing in, in a lot of ways, also darkly humorous, like a black comedy and satirical. You know, Monty Python's by Terry Jones, The Life of Brian from 1979. That also is a satire, and it digs at all sorts of people and gets under their skin. More recently, there was a film called Idiocracy by Mike Judge from 2006 that just kind of deals with kind of like the direction that he was worried everything was going on in terms of kind of like the dumbing down of everything around him. And these these films are trying to get underneath the skin of the viewer and hopefully they don't have the meh moment, but they stop and go think about it. So, you know, I would be really curious to sit down and talk to your daughter about a little more about all of this. I think that, it, that there is probably a lot to be had in a conversation there. So you asked the question, the word patriarchy is bandied about in this film, but not the word matriarchy. Why is that? Yeah, so I sent you guys some notes, and in the notes I, I mentioned this thing. It's like patriarchy, they use the term patriarchy a lot. But the thing that they don't use in here is they, they never use the word matriarchy. And let's say you're going to have a wedding, let's say, and you have your, your maid of honor. But if the maid of honor is married, let's say, and has had children of her own, then she is the matron of honor. So the idea of having a matriarchy is, is that it involves motherhood and patriarchy involves fatherhood. It's probably a misnomer to use patriarchy in this at all because it's not a really a film. Like when they talk about patriarchy, they're not talking about the idea of fatherhood and they cleverly don't use matriarchy at all. This is kind of like a feminist utopia slash dystopia and not like a matriarchal one, because at the very beginning, I'd mentioned Stanley Kubrick's Dr. Strangelove, but at the very beginning of the film, and this was like part of the trailer, I guess, the main trailer for this film, they send up the beginning of 2001, A Space Odyssey, where the monolith is there and the apes are, you know, 
you know, interacting with it. But what they do in this is that it's like little toddler children playing with baby dolls who see the monolith of a giant Barbie, the stereotypical Barbie played by Margot Robbie standing there. And they decide that they don't like their baby dolls anymore. They want to play with that Barbie doll. And they start smashing their baby dolls into the ground, just like the apes were doing with their bones and skulls and stuff in 2001 A Space Odyssey. But the thing is, is that it's very distressing to see toddlers smashing the heads of baby dolls. And then you get like along the way through the film, you know, like there's these comments about Midge, who was a a Mattel kind of companion doll to Barbie, who they had a version of her who was pregnant and that was like discontinued and it kind of becomes part of a joke. There's a lot of digs at motherhood and all of that kind of stuff through the course of the film. But really when you boil right down, like the end of the film, there's a number of points where like there's that big rant that I was mentioning or the big speech, but like there's points where it's like, maybe it's just fine to just want to be a mother and have kids. Maybe that's fine. Maybe that's okay. So I found it very interesting. Like while I was watching it, I'm like, listen, I I don't think I'm the target audience, even though the writers and director of the film says it's kind of a film for everybody. And I guess satire should be for everybody. But generally speaking, I'm probably not really the target audience of this. It was fun in moments. It was kind of a bit of a slog. Once I kind of figured out what was happening, it was like somewhat better. And then upon reflection, after a couple of days, I let it kind of settle in and definitely more started to ruminate and pop out of all of it. I enjoyed it more in the analysis than I did in the the viewing experience in some ways. So, you know, with all of that, I can kind of see where it's not necessarily exactly for me. So questions about matriarchy and patriarchy and the rest of it are all littered through this entire film. But yeah, they don't use the word matriarchy at any point, which is interesting. And I think it's because it's satirically also digging at feminist ideas and this notion that you wouldn't want to be a mother, let's say, that sometimes shows up in some versions of feminism. Any other pastoral concerns? Well, clearly this isn't a movie for kids. And I think this has to be said. It's like people will go, well, my kids play with Barbies, so I should bring them to see the movie. Like my daughter plays with Barbies. I'm going to bring her to see this movie. I think this would be a bit bit of a mistake because satire really doesn't work for kids. I think it's going to leave them with a lot more kind of weird. Like, listen, it could open up all sorts of interesting conversations, but I don't know that you want the Barbie movie to be doing that. I think it's worth having those conversations, but it's not for small children. That is for sure. I would say your best bet would be for teenagers and for young adults and also for, I mean, people who forever and a day have been along the way with Barbie, as it were. Like, those are where the fruitful conversations might come up, but it's not a film for kids. In fact, it could be distressing, and there are going to be points in where the kids will probably be bored because it's going to be going over their heads. Like, at one point, Prost gets mentioned. There's lots of stuff in it that's not going to be for everybody. And another pastoral concern would be that it somehow people might just miss the point of all of it. So the very like last line of the film is Barbie in the real world now, and she's at this office, and you don't know what it exactly is an office for. Maybe you might think that she's going in for a job interview or something, but instead she comes up to the desk and she says, my name is Barbie Handler. She takes the name of the woman who kind of 
created Barbie in North America. She says, my name is Barbara Handler. I'm here to see my gynecologist. So like, listen, the very last thing in the entire movie is I'm here to see my gynecologist. Maybe you don't want to bring your little, little kid with you to see this movie. They're going to be like, well, mom, what's a gynecologist? I mean, like you can have like a conversation with them about that. Listen, you may already have had that conversation. It's fine. But the whole notion of missing the point is, and taking into account that this is most definitely satire, is that that might be a satirical turf kind of joke, like trans-exclusionary radical feminist joke. I don't know. I would be really interested to hear what Greta Gerwig's or Noah Baumbach's response would be to that question. Because there is with that, like Barbie, who earlier in the film, they established that she would not need a gynecologist. At the end, she says, I'm here to see my gynecologist. There's an underlying kind of maybe based meaning that there is a biological difference between men and women. And that's, that's the way the movie ends. So my pastoral's concerns is, is that people would see this and not end up having any conversations about it. I know there's lots of conversations happening online. People have lots of different takes, but get involved in that conversation. You might not need to see the film to get involved in the conversation. You may just need to be asking questions of people who saw it and having them tell you about it and giving your response. But that would definitely be the case. It's not really for small children, although the topic you think might be the case, but it isn't. This is Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. The Bible verse theme for the 2023-24 school year at Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas is Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Faith Lutheran School provides a classical Lutheran education for pre-K through 12th grade. They also offer interactive online classes for high school students worldwide. Learn more at flsplano.org. Faith Lutheran School, Plano, Texas, flsplano.org. After the break, we'll pivot to the movie Oppenheimer with Pastor Ted Geese. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our adventures in Acts with Forgiveness is Proclaimed to You, Turning to the Gentiles, Signs and Wonders, We Are Men, and Through Many Tribulations. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. This fallen creation is bested by tornado, hurricane, flood, pandemic, and more. LCMS Disaster Response helps our congregations, their pastors, and other church workers to reach out to their members and neighbors with mercy, which flows from Christ's altar. We offer quality volunteer training, help for congregational readiness and response, and disaster grant funding. To learn more, visit lcms.org disaster. That's lcms.org disaster. Your lifeline to the Lutheran worldview. You're listening to Issues Etc. When you hear the word heresy, what do you think of? 
You think of some ancient debate the church has gotten over and forgotten. You think of some stubby old theologians just arguing over things that don't matter. There's a lot more to heresies than you might think. And that's what the August issue of The Lutheran Witness is all about. Heresies, ancient and modern. To pick up your copy, visit cph.org witness or visit our website, witness.lcms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Is your child struggling at school? Are you thinking about homeschooling? Would you like help knowing what to teach and how to teach it? The Simply Classical Curriculum from Memoria Press provides an enriching, step-by-step classical Christian education for students who have autism, learning or behavioral difficulties, ADHD, and more. You'll find everything you need, including daily lesson plans to guide your way. Learn more at simplyclassical.com. Use LPR23 to save on your order. simplyclassical.com.